despite completing my training, despite being surrounded by every form and severity of disease, I had yet to learn what it meant to be sick. I would experience an illness followed by a long, painful recovery that took me apart piece by piece and put me back together in a confirmation so different I questioned if I still existed at all. The wish for the cure is seductive. It captivates and charms. Devastating illness, despite its ability to utterly transform, is not revered in the same way. Illness is viewed as an aberrant state. It is a town we drive through on a journey home, but not a place to stop and linger. We pass through with gritted teeth, as if it were a storm, with no regard for the illuminating beauty of the lightning as it strikes. But those shattering moments that break our bodies also allow us access to wisdom that is normally hidden, except in times of utter darkness. From my new vantage point in an ICU bed, I would begin to sense a dark hole at the center of a flurry of what was otherwise highly proficient, astoundingly skillful care. I couldn't name it at first. I would have glimpses of clarity only to have it recede out of focus. I had to train myself to see it like negative space on a canvas. It took years of being a patient to understand that though the healing potential of knowledge is magical, it is also a lie. Medicine cannot heal in a vacuum. It requires connection. As a patient, it's upending to be confronted with the actual fragility of everything you once believed to be a constant. To inhabit that vulnerable space and to have no one around you who is open to discussion of the devastation is patently surreal. We all desire to be seen, to be known, to share our experiences and feel heard. To have our life events given context and meaning redirected back to us in a way that we can understand and integrate into our understanding of who we believe ourselves to be. This need is more acute in times of sickness. When organs and limbs function without fail, we can indulge notions of self-reliance and agency. We believe ourselves to be the narrators of our own lives. When we are sick, we are humbled by our dependency on others, the loss of control, the uncertainty of the ending. This change opens channels for communication we're hardwired not to tune into during the monotonous routines and spaces of normal life. Recognizing those open channels and fostering connection in full view of the knowledge is what heals. Making the choice to be present for someone else's suffering requires a kind of anticipatory resolve, because it does get hard, sometimes even unbearably so. The choice to be present means deciding at the outset that you will be there for the duration that premeditated sort of intentionality may not resonate with the kind of effortless empathy we'd imagined until we remind ourselves that all forms of love require work and a fierce commitment. Had our training somehow taught us to avoid these channels? 
Did we know what to do when we recognized them? I work at a large urban hospital in the center of a busy and diverse city. We are sent patients by helicopter and ambulance who have run out of options elsewhere. The kind of clinical excellence, determination, and teamwork necessary to care for these uniquely complex patients far surpasses what I've experienced in other hospitals during medical school or residency training. I have the great privilege of working at an amazing institution. The shared purpose and pride that comes from doing hard work well is one of the reasons I chose to stay on after my fellowship training. The hard times, the times when I knew we missed the mark, can almost always be understood and rationalized. Healthcare is exceedingly complex. Errors will inevitably occur at even the best hospitals. What seems different.